All the left has to do is not be completely insane. That's it. I'm serious. I had two whole podcasts earlier on about this exact fact. If the left could come out and just be sane, be like, we support uh, capitalism and America, but we would like uh, some more social programs and we think it's important to help, they would win. (laughs) They can't do it. So some psycho went to Hollywood and smashed Trump's Hollywood star with a hammer. (laughs) And then these left-wing media people are like... Cheering it on! Like it's the best thing that ever happened. No sane person thinks that it's some sort of effective and noble act of political protest to go smash a sidewalk with a hammer. There's there's nobody at home being like, well, I'm not really sure about how I feel about the the president's tariff policy, and then you smash that star with a hammer, you're like, oh, you know what? I totally think he's terrible. I'm going to vote for somebody else. So stupid. And speaking of stupid... So, in case you missed it, in New York City, one of the congressional districts, which in New York City, there's six million people in a cardboard box, so the districts are pretty small, but one of the congressional districts in New York City was was won uh, in a primary, so she hasn't won the seat yet, but she will win the seat because, you know, it's all Democrats, a young lady claiming to be a social Democrat or Democrat socialist something, beat out some guy who's like a 20-turn congressman for his seat because he's not left enough for these people anymore. And so she's young and she's a socialist, so of course the media loves her. So they invite her on all these shows. And she's pretty much categorically made a fool of herself at every opportunity. Um, She doesn't really know anything about anything. And then, uh, so Allie, the roving millennial, pieced together a satire interview where she had filmed herself asking questions and then pieced together the uh, this congressional candidate's responses in a different interview and, you know, made the background look similar and made it look like they were actually interviewing each other. <coughs> it's, it's, it's obviously a joke. Quite frankly, it wasn't even necessary because the original interview was so horribly embarrassing there was no reason to make it any worse, but... It was funny, whatever. So the left has gone crazy telling everyone that it's fake and that a million people watched it and this is the kind of fake news that the right is making. It's a parody. It's satire. It's a joke. It's clearly a joke. The million people that watched it, except for whoever was complaining about it on Twitter and social media, knew it was a joke. You just look like morons. The candidate herself responded to it, saying that it was fake news. Ah, uh, yeah, fake news. It's a satire. It's fake. It's a joke. Do, does Saturday Night Live let everyone know that uh, the Baldwin brother is not really Donald Trump, or do we all just kind of figure it out for ourselves? <laughs> oh my goodness. 
So that's it. They just have to not be totally and completely insane. Cannot manage it. The media, same thing. All you have to... People want to get the news. The news exists because there's a demand for news. Walter Cronkite, the newspaper, NBC Nightly News, all these things exist because there's a demand for news. People would like to come home, say hi to their wife and kids, pet the dog, have dinner, sit down with their wife in front of the television set, and get kind of a half an hour overview of what's going on in the world. If you would give that to them, you would exist. And the same thing with the newspaper. People would like to open the newspaper and read about what's going on in the world. But if all you feed them is a steady diet of lies, obfuscation, transparent omissions of relevant facts, and your opinion, they're not going to be interested. So the Daily News is laying off half its reporters... And the left is going crazy, like, oh, we need to save them. We need to figure out some way to keep them in their jobs. These bad media corporations are trying to make profit on the news. It's not the corporation's fault. People don't want to hear your crap. The reason when CNN goes out to cover the president that he get the chance of fake news is because, because they're fake news. The reason it upsets them and the reason that they talk about it and the reason they try to deny it and say that chanting fake news or the president calling them fake news as an attack on the First Amendment of the United States of America is because they know. They know they're fake news. They just don't want you to know they're fake news. So he had a terrorist attack in Canada this week. A young Muslim man, imagine everyone's shock and surprise, who'd spent time training in Afghanistan and Pakistan, which I'll get to in a second, um, wielded a handgun, killed 14 people, or shot 14 people. I think he killed 14 people. And the video of the attack, the surveillance footage, he clearly knew what he was doing. He handled the gun correctly, did correct sight acquisition. He practiced this. So, whole day, media silence, no name. No name, no motive, all day long. And then, at like 8 o'clock at night, they come out with a statement from the family saying that there was their son and they were very sorry and their hearts were broken, but he suffered from mental illness. And the media ran that. Oh, mental illness. Yeah, he was mentally ill. Mentally ill. So then ISIS comes out and says, no, 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 no. It was one of our soldiers. He was carrying out a direct order. It's a terror attack from ISIS to Canada. The media doesn't talk about that. They let it go. So it's not 2002. It's not 1947. It's 2018. We all have access to information if you want to go find it. So anyone who's curious about what's going on just has to go online and look it up and you will find it. But here you have all the major media, the Canadian Broadcasting Channel, which is like some weird government-owned socialist thing they have in Canada, NBC, ABC, CBS, MSNBC, all of them. Probably Fox. I don't know. I don't watch Fox running with the mentally ill angle. Completely ignoring the fact that the guy clearly knew what he was doing, was clearly in his right mind, had been to Pakistan and Afghanistan, and ISIS claimed responsibility. So everyone watching you knows the truth that the guy was an ISIS terrorist who'd gone over to the Middle East and been trained on how to do this, came back and did it, 
you are on the internet and on television and on the radio and in newspapers saying that he was mentally ill. And then, when we call you fake news because you lie, you get mad. Like, oh, we're not fake news. You can't call us fake news. That's an assault against the freedom of the press. My mother told me from the time I was young, and this is true, when I was young, my mother always told me the, f- the problem with the freedom of the press is it means you can write and say anything you want. And her point was that you should always be skeptical of things that you read in the paper and see on TV. There's no guarantee that it's true. But back in the 1980s when she was telling me that, her frame of reference was the troubles in Northern Ireland and that the American press only told one side of the story. But anyone who was paying attention was aware of the fact that that the United States press was only telling one side of the story. And it was kind of one of those things that you knew that particular topic maybe not quite 100% accurate. And then because of that, you might assume that there's some slant or some omission, errors of omission in other reporting. But they didn't just out and out lie like they do now. But what's so funny about watching them all burn is that they don't get it. They're on CNN and they're on NBC Nightly News. One scandal after another. They caught making stuff up left and right. Matt Lauer's locking his little weird rape door button from behind his desk. What's his name? I can picture him now. The one that lied about Bush's records in uh, the Vietnam War. Whatever. One after the other, they go down. Nah, just keep at it. Keep lying. Keep making stuff up. Keep printing one side of the story. But don't you dare criticize them. Oh my goodness. Then there's pearl clutching galore. <laughs> so yeah, so the Canadian terrorist attack is this the newest one. The other thing with the press and that we all know and that they won't respond to is the, how fast they drop stories. So like the Las Vegas shooting, remember that? That was less than a year ago. We've got no motive. We've got... No other arrests for other people who were involved. We got nothing. No, I got nothing on that. So his girlfriend flew to Asia with a bunch of money the day before he went to Las Vegas and shot a bunch of people. And there were two windows broken out in different rooms of one hotel suite. But we don't know why two windows were broken out. And he had enough guns up there to to, uh, outfit an entire army but no one knows why. And before the shooting started, a uh, room service guy was shot in the hallway, but no one knows about that. Like, you know, nah, we're not going to even bother investigating it. Lazy liars crying about fake news. All right, so Trump and the trade war, this is actually sort of my area of expertise. So I will kind of explain it to you a little bit, but try not to be super boring. Um, tariffs do work, and tariffs are necessary because people aren't commodities. People, like I've, I talked about before, I bought a, a pickaxe at Lowe's, and the head of the pickaxe was made in China, and the handle was from Canada, and it was assembled in Vietnam, and I bought it in upstate New York for like $24.
So the cheapest way to make a pickaxe is to make the handle in Canada, send it to Vietnam, make the head of the pickaxe in China, send that to Vietnam, and then have a Vietnamese guy put them together and then ship them back over to the United States. It seems impossible, I know, but that's, that's the reality. So if you had a pickaxe factory here in North America, let's say, I don't know, let's say 100 guys worked there, and then you just figure out it's cheaper to do this cockamamie thing where you have parts of it made all over the place and the Vietnamese people put it together. Those 100 people lose their jobs and they go on unemployment and their families suffer and they food stamps and the kids get free lunch and maybe they don't get as good a job again so now they're on uh, Medicaid. Whatever. You have to add up all these extra costs on society as a whole that now we are supporting through our social programs 100 people who lost their jobs at the pickaxe factory so that you can save $15 on a pickaxe. So my calculations are that it costs you more money for the cheaper pickaxe than you save on the pickaxe because you don't buy a pickaxe every week. So if it costs you an extra dollar a week, that'd be $52 a year, which is... And you buy a pickaxe once a decade. So it costs you $500 to not have an expensive pickaxe. And everyone who argues like, oh, cell phones, oh, television, oh, you don't buy those things every day. The things you buy every day, food, gasoline, whatever, those things all are made and processed here. Like we refine gasoline here. We grow our own food here with few exceptions and process our own food here. All these things are done here in the United States. The things we've outsourced to other countries are things that you don't buy on a regular basis. There's a sweatshop in China that makes Mardi Gras beads. Re really? So we can't spend an extra, I don't know, $25 to buy a bag of 100 Mardi Gras bead strings but we can afford to fly to New Orleans, get a hotel room, and get so drunk that we pass out in a gutter to enjoy Mardi Gras? That makes sense. That, that makes perfect sense. Why? Yeah, we don't want any Americans doing that job. We want to have Chinese children doing it. Locked, locked in a factory, away from their families, so we can have cheap Mardi Gras beads. Perfect. No problem. So that's why tariffs work, because the cost of not having jobs here is, is higher than you think. You also have to deal with the fact that not having people working means they don't pay taxes. And in fact, with the American tax system, despite anything the left wants to tell you about the American income tax system, if you make less than a certain amount of money, you pay negative income tax. So we already have wealth redistribution in the United States of America in that people who earn under a, a certain level get refund bigger than they paid during the year in their withholdings. So, all that costs money. Now, nobody cares because we're financing it through debt. So if we actually had to pay it, it would be different, obviously, but the simple truth remains, eventually you will have to pay it. So that's why tariffs make sense. You bring the jobs back to the United States, a TV might cost, it might cost you more money. I get it. I get it. When you go to buy a TV, that hurts. But you don't buy a TV every day, man. And your neighbors are going to have better jobs. Makes the entire labor market stronger. Drives wages up for everybody. The more, the more employment opportunities in a country, the higher wages are for everyone in the country. Because it creates more competition for good employees. 
and everyone benefits. Now, that being said, so the argument is it's a tax or like, oh, it's not a Republican thing. We want free trade. Well, free trade's not free, man. You're paying for it. Just look at the just look at the uh, labor market participation rate since the dawn of the free trade era. It's declined by about thirty five percent, and you're paying for all those people. So now, then Trump went out and said he's going to protect the farmers from the tariff by giving them billions of dollars. So that leaves you scratching your head. You're like, wait a minute. Why do farmers need a protection from tariffs that are restricting imported goods? Oh, because they buy their stuff from foreign countries. So the farmers that you want to protect from increased costs are buying their equipment and their machines and their supplies from China, basically. And they don't want to pay extra and so you're going to give them billions of dollars so they can buy a new combine and not pay an extra 20% or whatever it is. But just farmers get relief, no one else. So we're all in this together. Big Team America are going to pay extra for everything except farmers. They don't have to. They're going to get a big subsidy. Farm subsidies are stupid and don't work, just so you know. If there's anything conservatives in America should be opposed to, it's farm subsidies. There's a farm subsidy where the government, the federal government, pays corn farmers to not plant corn. Why do they pay corn farmers to not plant corn? Now, these are the same people who are fine with that, who are totally opposed to tariffs because it would increase costs. Why do they pay corn farmers to not plant corn? Because corn is worthless. If every corn farmer in America actually planted their fields, corn would cost about five cents an ear, maybe less, maybe two cents an ear. So they can't have that because corn farmers can't make money if corn is two cents an ear. So the federal government pays corn farmers to not plant corn so that it will drive up the price of corn. Now, I am not amongst the people who believe that regular Americans are stupid because regular Americans aren't stupid. They're very, very, very smart. So what do corn farmers who are being paid money to not plant corn do? They do a number of things. One of the things they do is say they have cornfields when they do not. So let's say they actually grow hay or they're actually grazing animals. They will tell the federal government they are corn farmers and that they need the subsidy to not plant corn. The federal government will then pay them and they will just keep doing what they were doing before. That's one. The other good one is they take the subsidy to not plant corn, then lease their field to another guy who plants corn. That's a good one. But we're going to have more subsidies for farmers, which will continue to drive up the cost of food, you know, the thing you do need every day, so that farmers don't have to pay the extra cost of whatever it is that they're buying from overseas. But you're going to have to pay extra for overseas and extra for food. So all the criticism of Trump on the tariffs is ridiculous nonsense. And some of the tariffs other countries have against the U.S. are ridiculous they're completely shutting us out of markets, certain markets, like the Canadian, the Canadian milk tariff. Like, oh, NAFTA, free trade, blah, blah, blah. We lose all of our, 
our our auto manufacturing jobs. The entire city of Detroit goes absolutely to hell in a handbasket. Every Chevy truck is made in Canada. You know, the heartbeat of America. Made in Canada. And then our milk farmers can't sell milk in Canada because they have like a 500% tariff on it because our milk farmers are so much better than their milk farmers that they can't compete with us. That's cool, right? Everybody's cool with that? So Trump's attacks on tariffs are right. Even if he doesn't explain it well, even if he's not the most eloquent guy in the world, the tariffs are right. The threats of tariffs scare other countries who rely on the United States market as an export market for them to stay afloat. Being willing to drop tariffs on people will make them be willing to negotiate the tariffs they have on us. And he said this week with the EU coming to negotiate trade deals that he's willing to do free trade with the EU if they'll do it back. So if it can be a level playing field, if American companies can ship directly to Europe and sell and compete with European companies, he'll do it. But they can't do that, and they won't do that. And why won't they do that? Because this socialist utopia that you all keep fussing and crying that you want here is not competitive. You cannot make something in France and a factory in France and compete with a factory in the U.S., just like the U.S. can't compete with a factory in China. Well, why not? Because the cost of making things is much, much, much higher in France because workers work, I don't know, four or five hours a day, they're not working a lot hard. They're not getting things done. There's no incentive. They're all unionized. They all have federal, you know, governmental protections over them. You can't fire them for anything they do. So the U.S. is more competitive because we have a less restrictive labor market. <clears throat> and China is more competitive than we are because they have a completely unrestricted labor market. And they're, get, they're paying uh, 12-year-olds with bowls of rice to make Mardi Gras beads. It's all a profit. So Europe, <clears throat> excuse me, Europe understands that they have to have tariffs against the United States because they're not competitive. They've chosen to create this system where workers are protected against all things, including their own inefficiencies and laziness. And as a result, they've made themselves uncompetitive. So they have to have tariffs against countries that are less restrictive, that have less protections for workers. So we have some protections for workers, it would stand to reason that we would need tariffs against China to protect our workers from Chinese competition because we can't compete because we don't want to have 12-year-olds making Mardi Gras beads and we don't want to have to have suicide nets around the building and we don't want people literally dying of exhaustion while making iPhones on the 74th hour of their shift. Because that's happened, by the way. So if you have an iPhone, that guy thanks you. God forbid you pay an extra couple bucks for it and somebody who actually has, you know, a couple hours to sleep per day has a job making it. Can't have tariffs. But we need farm subsidies. Jesus. Subsidies are welfare. That's what it is. 110% you want your domestic industry to compete with each other in a dog-eat-dog, cutthroat, level playing field, may the best, most efficient, most 
ingen- ingenuity-filled business, whether it be a farm, a factory, or a marketing company, succeed and win. Every time. Providing goods and services that the people in the country want at the lowest possible cost to the consumer. That's how you do it. Anyone who argues anything else is lying. And then because we have protections for the workforce and because we have a higher standard of living, we have to also protect our domestic industries, including agriculture, from foreign competition. So Europe should have tariffs against the United States and we should have tariffs against China. And China should have no tariffs against us. We should not be able to compete with them in anything. But some things we're just flat out better at. Like we're better at milk than the Canadians. And they can't handle it. Quite frankly, Canada's best bet is to let our milk in, let the people in Canada have milk at a lower price, and let all their dairies go out of business. Let those people do something else. If you can't compete, you can't compete. I mean, that's pretty much all there is to it. Could be, you know, like, we're not going to be able to compete with the, uh, the Virgin Islands for tourism per acre, you know what I mean? Like, some places are just prettier. Some places have a better climate. We're going to import coffee beans because you can't grow them here. The Venezuelans are going to import maple syrup from Vermont. That's just how it's going to work. But in an industry that you're both in, you have to have protections to keep people working because people working keeps people paying taxes and people paying taxes aren't sucking up public funds. Public funds are limited. This idea that we can just go 50 trillion in debt and there's going to be no comeuppance, no day of reckoning, we'll never have to pay the bill, is a lie. And when that day comes, it's going to hurt. And one of the most effective ways of balancing the budget, which obviously we need to cut spending and obviously we need to forget some of these programs like billions in farm subsidies, but is getting people back to work, having jobs for people to do. And this idea that there's, oh, there's all these unfilled computer coding jobs. Well, guess what? The average IQ in America is 97. And there's some absolute brilliant geniuses in the United States, which means there's some dummies too, which is nothing wrong with those people. They can be phenomenal people, hardworking, moral, virtuous, wonderful people. But you got to have something for them to do. They're not going to become coders. They're not going to become software engineers. That's just how it is, man. So listen, I hope you all have a fantastic day today. Thank you for tuning in the podcast. Oh, real quick. The book is out. You can go to Amazon.com and search Dennis M. Brown the toxic masculinity crisis and the book is there you can buy it they told me three five more days i won the fight over the title so i got to pick my title and they went with the cover that i had submitted i don't know two weeks ago and i won so i guess three to five days they didn't have to change anything so that turned into basically 24 hours the book is out you can buy it Again, it is the greatest book ever written in seven days in the history of the English language. I started writing the book Friday night, July the 6th. I talked to Ed Lattimore Friday. We recorded a podcast together. 
He inspired me to write the book. July 6th, I started the book. I was done the following Friday, sent it to the publisher. We had a week to edit it. A couple days to argue about the title. And there it is. The Toxic Masculinity Crisis by Dennis M. Brown. So please, check it out. It's a nice quick read. It took me a week to write it. It probably won't take you a week to read it. But some good stories in there. There's some humor in there. There's a great forward by Jay Murray. Worth checking out. And it's reasonably priced. So listen, I hope everybody has a great day today. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. We'll check on you tomorrow.